Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. I'm Daniel and I'm here with Katie and we are going to tackle a bit of a more relevant to always but definitely today topic mm-hmm. and uh, it is now the end of May 2020. We're in the middle of a pandemic and there is arguably an even more important issue that's tackling definitely North America right now um, in the wake of a hugely disturbing incident that is not unique, but maybe to some feels unique uh, Mm -hmm. and has hit home in what happened in Minneapolis. And we'd like to take some time to bring that into context, talk a little bit about it and try to find some ways to, you know, hear what's being said and use this in a way to further the way that we treat our lives and especially our business in this industry um, moving forward. Exactly. Yeah, I think we um, we kind of struggled with how to put this episode together. At least I did in my mind. Like yeah, from me too. Like a couple of days ago. It took me a while to talk to you about it, but just trying to think, you know, as two white people sitting here wondering, you know, if our voices... We understand they do make a difference, but in the in this type of context, wondering, you know, making sure that we're saying the right words and not offending even more. I think that's been my concern with talking about this. The more I've watched people speak, and whether it's politicians or whoever, you know, the more I'm listening to what's out there and the messages, I think that that's been part of the uh, the part of the problem has been yeah, that totally. all of us all of us kind of hide behind the worry of mm-hmm. saying people. something wrong and in doing so say nothing at all yeah and, and so that's, you know yeah. disclaimer on this episode maybe we say things that are wrong but yeah that is okay and i think that's what i'm learning that you know you've got to speak and try to address what's happening Mm -hmm. don't acknowledge it happened and move on yeah don't you know turn a blind eye or not even I don't think anybody I know we haven't looked we haven't treated ourselves like we turn a blind eye but at the same time by kind of watching getting disgusted and moving on that's pretty much what it is Right. And I feel like that's what's been happening. You've heard of these devastating stories, especially in the States, um, of other men being killed for no reason and other black men being killed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you, you you know, you have a day of devastation and, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And then you move on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Yeah, I have been. You, what, you I, watch what people done. protest. You, you know, maybe you feel like okay, people are speaking out. It's being taken care of. You know, the voices are there. Yeah, but w- I'm not suggesting 
necessarily that, you know, people who don't go out and protest are in the wrong or are not feeling things, but at the same time, to not speak about things and to not talk through finding solutions and being a part of the solution, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, not just saying this is wrong, but saying this is wrong and something has to be done about it. And what can be and done. And what about can it. be done. Like that's those are the conversations we need to be having, whether it's in your own industry or within your family, with your kids, talking about this. And I just I had a really interesting conversation with our daughter Emily, who's ten last night, just talking about what happened. And from her perspective, she just couldn't understand it. And we are so lucky to live in a community where there's so many different, it's so diverse, really diverse, totally diverse. And she does not see the color of somebody's skin, the, the different names people have. Like Emily is just as different of a name as some of the other kids in her class where, where we were growing up, if we heard some of the, you know, and so I feel lucky in that sense that we live in a community, but that at the same time, we as parents need to take that responsibility and ensure that our children understand what's happening in the world and making sure that they understand that that's not right. And not only that, but they need to feel brave and courageous enough to speak up when they see something that's wrong. Right. And it's a real obvious shame that it takes someone getting killed multiple people getting killed for people to talk about this mm -hmm. because the problem stretches way past people dying Mm -hmm. i mean that is the worst of the worst and it's happening way more than we see right i know people have thrown the quote that will smith put out there which is so bang on right of you know racism isn't getting worse it's just getting filmed yeah but there's a lot that's not getting filmed and there's a lot that continues to happen and there's a lot that isn't murder mm-hmm. you know there's just bias and it's everywhere and it's hurtful to people when others might not even know they're doing the hurting you and i and everyone around us you know unconsciously or consciously could be doing things, have done things that contribute. They might not be forwardly in people's face and saying things or yeah. doing things, but because of the way that, you know, I know right now the focus is especially on black people. And I mean, we can keep it in that context, but you know, the way we hear people are raised, the way parents mm-hmm. of black kids have to teach them a different way to operate in society because of the way, it's devastating. you know, I want to say certain neighborhoods and I've trained myself to believe that, you know, people Mm. who are in like American cities where it's known that there's a lot of bias, but let's be real here. You know, the problem could be and, and is everywhere. It might just be more visible and more, you know, newsworthy because really bad things are happening out there. But the discussion to have is about, you know, the overall issue that hangs over everybody like we're sitting in a like you said it's a diverse community i mean we're i would say you know we're among the the what would you call it like the the less we're not the majority in our neighborhood in terms of of culture and race and all that but still for some reason you know white people operate with this unknown or un conscious privilege like that's the word I hear and it's true yeah well and there's this quote that I pulled up from Glennon Doyle because I absolutely think it's so 
bang on. Um, and she says, privilege is being born on third base. Ignorant privilege is thinking you're there because you hit a triple. And malicious privilege is complaining that those starving outside the parking lot aren't waiting patiently enough. And like, that's like, that is privilege. I, I just think about like, you know, how much more I have mm-hmm. because I'm a white person, yep. how much more opportunity I've been given. And I don't recognize it because as, as I don't recognize it every day because I, it's just a given for me. Yeah. It's a product of our upbringing. I mean, we grew up in different places in yeah. different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's not to say that we were, I don't think either of us were taught anything. No, like no. the messages were all the right messages. I think we grew up being able to, you know, appreciate and and but would respect it, everybody. But yeah, but still. But would it be better, like I'm just thinking as parents, to talk to our kids about privilege in a very honest way? Yeah, beyond just the, hey, you have a Nintendo. Do you know how lucky you are? Right, no, more like because you are white, you are probably going to be afforded more opportunities in your life. In in today's world, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Do you believe that that's right? Do you understand why that's not right? Right. And what should be done as a collective? And it's so hard, though, because... You know, our kids, for one, don't see color as we do. Right. And well, so it, it, specifically do you point in our it out? case. Right. So I'm just thinking, like, do you point it out so it's more obvious? Well, you know what? You're right. They don't see it in the context you're saying. They don't no. see it as good or bad or or relating it to anything other than the actual color. Yeah. But there's this comfort level, which, I mean, has been really refreshing, you know, prior to this when... You know, our kids would talk about a new friend they met and they're describing them and they'll describe how they look, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not in a positive or negative sense, yeah. right? It's just kind of, you know, like they don't refer to themselves as white people. I mean, no. what do they say? They're like peach <laughs> or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's... it's uh, I've it's, actually never heard them say white. Like I don't even no, refer they, they to haven't. us. No, they haven't. Not unless yeah. they've... I mean, maybe more recently. I mean, they don't watch the news, but no, they don't know from that and that's no. not something that... Is and that's discussed. and and I don't give us credit for that at all. I just think it's like happens to be the neighborhood we we've grown no, up. They've we're grown lucky up in. to be in a in yeah. A very, it's kind of done yeah. the work for us. But for people that live in neighborhoods that are more segregated, which there are in our city and all of the cities. I mean, we both grew up in them. Yeah, and I think that's where our like our silent. Not silent, but our, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. This is one of those moments of making sure you don't say the wrong no, thing. No, right? no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to like, like um, not uneducated, but just misunderstood. Ignorant. Yeah, ignorant, thank you. Our ignorance came from is yeah. growing up in a segregated community where it was all, like I grew up in a community that was mostly 95% white. Yeah. I, the, the ignorance is what I think everybody's trying to get into people's heads now because there's a lot of people, everyone's got different, I think, degrees of ignorance still, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot who are tipping the scales on the, I've never even opened my eyes to anything and don't want to. And the message now is wake up. Wake up and do something and speak out about it. Because that's the thing. Like 
I, I think a lot of us can say, oh, well, I'm not racist. You know, I don't, I don't. That's what everyone likes to that's say. That's what everybody likes to say. But if you really look within yourself and think of like, you, you do see color, you do see like favoritism. And you're, if you're not speaking out about it, and I've been guilty of not speaking out about it because I was scared of what people would think of me. And, and I'm like, I'm so upset at myself that that is what I let happen. Yeah. Um, it's devastating. Well, that's it. You can't just be comfortable in your own mind that you're not contributing because you are are contributing. And that was, that was, I mean, this is potentially going to turn into a quote fest, but there's so many smart things that have been said out there. I know. And when I like the, the one that I like, which was just so to the point is if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. Right. And that really spoke to me because yeah, great. You're not doing anything consciously bad and you're not... You're not pushing the agenda of racists, but you're also not helping. And when the people who are being victimized are still not in the majority, then they need more voices, Mm -hmm. you know, and the overall narrative has to change from that was terrible. You know, I don't like that that happened. Hope it doesn't happen again. That's Mm -hmm. not good enough. No, no, it's too late for that now. I mean, it's, it, it was always too late, but, um, it, yeah, I, I just think that there's just so much that we need to talk about and continue to talk about. We can't just let this news cycle die right. where it dies and then move on with our lives. So there's a lot of these conversations rightfully, and I'm happy that, you know, days later they continue and they're going to continue. I mean, I do really get the feeling that from the actual stuff we see on the news, the protests and, and all that, that's yeah. not going to stop right. anytime soon. And that's good. I mean, the other side of it, we're not, this isn't to discuss, you know, looting and things like that. Like it's really crappy that things escalate to that point because the message can't get lost. Yeah, but at the but, same time, yeah, I mean. But I, I get, well, I get it depending, depending, depending. Yeah. I, I don't understand. And it's the same thing. Take this issue out. When there's protests anywhere, I've seen, you know, these people who are, who just amass themselves and go to where the the anger is and then see that as an opportunity to do things right. that have nothing to do with the yeah. cause. And that's what really, that's the shitty thing that gets things lost but, but at the same time like you just can't blame like the anger and the no, frustration the anger is understandable and the exhaustion you and, know like that's the thing it's like people like uh what's his name van van jones van jones from cnn was just talking about like he, you know he experienced or you know him or any any other black person out there experiences this every single day and right. we treat it as if it's like this one-off devastation of right. like one person and um, you know, the exhaustion people must feel from experiencing that time and time again, where people just turn a blind eye to it, or people just think, oh, well, it must have been because of something else. That wasn't why they were, you know, you, you felt like you were discriminated against. Yeah. It's just such bullshit. People look for excuses and, and, and validation for their thoughts because it couldn't possibly be that bad, but they're wrong. Yeah. And again, like, it shouldn't be a murder or a series of murders or things. And there's things happening everywhere, every day. Mm-hmm. But, okay, this is being discussed a lot, mm-hmm. as it should. We hold a platform in a certain industry Yes. where, you know, I'd like to believe you can impact change anywhere you want. Right. But in the interest of putting something tangible together, 
where we can talk to the people who work in the same arenas we work and the people who, you know, see these bias and experience and promote without knowing or knowing these bias in what we do, how can we find some things to help push this discussion specifically for what we do? Yeah. So I think number one, like the one thing that is like very glaringly obvious to me is when it comes to um, rentals in our city. Right. Um, the selection by landlords and and sometimes their 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 agents that they work with mm-hmm. um, about who to rent to. You're looking at their their names. You're looking at their ages. You're looking at their um, their their jobs. Yep. Um, all like everything, and we have to figure out a way where those types of things aren't being used to discriminate the prospective tenant. Right. And there's really only a few actually relevant and important things that a landlord should consider. Yeah. When making, you know, like all they really should care about is, is the person who's going to be renting my place going to be able to pay the rent? Mm -hmm. And are they going to respect the property? Right. And that's it. And to generalize off of anything beyond the standard stuff is you're being, you know, it it might not always be racism, but you're definitely discriminating against something. Yeah. Right. Like in this case, we're speaking about, I mean, racism plays into it for sure. When people are going off of, like you said, the name. And especially in Toronto where there's competition for rentals, you're pinning two people against each other. And if one person has a name that might not sound as... I don't know, responsible? Like, I don't know, like, how people, like, relate. People general, and, and this isn't gener- just black and white. I no. mean, this is people have yeah. their bias about every culture and every name and every everything. Every sexual orientation. Everything. Everything. And, it's, and it is, it's, it's bullshit. Disability. It bullshit. Like, that's a huge one. I remember yeah. working with, um, a, you know, a couple that one was, um, I forget what what it was he had had a seizure there was there's certain things where he i remember that yeah Yeah. and he can they continued as a couple and they were a gay couple as well um they continued to get um discriminated against people landlords just said nope sorry don't feel comfortable with this they didn't say exactly why but you knew why yeah and it was it was so upsetting to see that happen yeah so i think they they treated on par with I don't want a smoker yeah, or, or no pets. Exactly. And it's not the same thing. It's, well, it's obviously not the same thing, but it's, it's not a variable that should at all be a part of this discussion. Exactly. But it is. And yeah. it constantly is, like you said, in this market, mm-hmm. it's rare to see a property that doesn't have competition. Yeah. And almost without fail, when you see multiple people with a similar offer and the only real difference is the name... Mm-hmm. you can almost pick who's going to be chosen without even consulting with your client. Like if you know your client mm-hmm. and it can't be like that. No. So as an industry, as people who are help helping guide our clients, as people who are vetting and discussing things with our own clients, I mean, to me, if that's where clients' heads are at, it's almost like, you know what? Good luck to you, right? Like, I can't be comfortable with that 
It's not comfortable. Prior to all this, it's never comfortable when someone says, I think I like this one. And deep down, you probably know why they're saying that. Right. Right. It's definitely not comfortable when you're representing the tenant yeah. who might have, you know, a name or whatever that leads people to believe that they're going to be irresponsible. Like how stupid does that sound when you say it? Yeah. You know, I've got a name that, you know, leads people to just not want to do business with me or let me have a place to live. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, let that sink in. I mean, you're right. That is, uh, there's a long list of, of things in, in our industry, you know, in real estate that can contribute or that speak to this issue. But that's just such a clear cut. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you do? I think, number one, we have to educate our own profession that this is an issue. Mm-hmm. And whether it's explaining to our clients as you sign up the listing, like it's part of the process, like this is discrimination. These are the reasons you discriminate, like that you could discriminate a tenant and you need to be aware of those and you need to make sure that that doesn't come into your thought process as you're selecting your prospective tenant. Right. I That could be an option. I mean, it, it, there's so many different ways you could do it, but I'm just trying to think. Well, you know what? You're right. It's, you're never going to be able to order someone one way or the right. other but say just saying that creates yeah. you want to make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. that's what i think has been missing We're, we talk about people not saying things because it might be construed the wrong way or it might be the wrong thing but if we're not going to make people uncomfortable and be uncomfortable, yeah. then nothing is going to change because nothing changes because people stay in their comfort zone. They stay in their privilege and call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, and it starts out with you yourself being having to be uncomfortable because right. nobody likes having those conversations. So you need to get out of your fear and you know concern and if somebody doesn't want to work with you because you're going to point out that there's possibility for discrimination then they're not working worth working with and move on yep and make and you know what even though you won't get that client or whatever i believe situations like that maybe you in some way started to instill a little bit of a thought process or change in that person when someone consciously will walk away from you because they don't want to agree not to discriminate you know, like that's, that's powerful stuff. And you wouldn't want it to come to that, but you have to be strong enough to be the one to say things people don't want to well, hear. And I think it's similar to the, to the, you know, everybody has their own threshold. Some people say, I won't list a house for less than a certain percentage of commission. Like right. this is my, this is my line. And if somebody insists I go below that, I'm just not going to work with them. So you've got to got, you have to have a very high standard for the people that you work with and ensuring that they don't have any discrimination or bias or racism against somebody else. Because if that's the case, then you move on and you find somebody better to work with um, and make it known that that's why you're not working with them. And as you said, I think it will then ring, you know, something, get them a little rattled. Right. Well, that's it. The making it known part. This is the part that even just thinking about it, you're all getting uncomfortable now saying, well, yeah, maybe I don't want to work with them, but I don't need to tell them that that's why, but you do. Yeah. That's, that's the key is make people understand that the things they're doing are wrong, right? And this isn't you being high and mighty or anything really at all. <laughs> like it's not about that. No, it's just about doing the right thing. It's, it's exactly. It's about doing what's right. Yeah. And so, okay. So, 
so there's that's that. one thing and 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 by no means are these this isn't the the grand answer to the problem no but you've got to start somewhere and and clearly as uh, hopefully we kind of tried to articulate at the beginning of all this mm-hmm. we haven't started yet no right nobody has started the start is what we're seeing out there right now and the unfortunate start is all the crap that's happening in the world that's hopefully waking people like us up so yeah. there's another good quote good we need a quote <laughs> Um, people were, people we revere as freedom fighters today, we rev- reviled mm-hmm. as agitators, rioters, militants, criminals, while they were in the business of dismantling injustice. And I think that comes back to like, obviously we're not rioters, but as somebody that's pointing out that discrimination, right. like that's going to be the people that we respect and the people that lead the way for more fairness and justice in the future. Right. We've got to realize that that's what we're doing. The goal here, saying stuff like this is not to get pats on the back or claps or yeah, you're right. It's better if it's pissing people off. Yeah. You want people to hear this and say... No, 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 no. Because it's about changing minds. It's not about everybody just continuing to say, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Good for you guys. All right. On to the next episode. Moving on. Right? Uh, And even from that perspective, I mean, doing this is literally an episode of a podcast. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that every week we come back on and talk about the issue. But this is the sort of conversation that constantly fizzles, yeah. right? And so generating conversation about it and making people continue to look for, recognize, and call out these things is what's needed. Um, and, that, and that's a tough thing without you know, the power of, of the all or the power of a growing number of people who are trying to wake up and consciously look for these things and tell people about them. Yeah, but some people just need somebody to lead the way, right? And if you can be that person that begins the conversations, that starts the actions, you can get people behind you. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying like this is, you know, one of many sparks that I hope are out there. Yeah. You You want this to be just, you want people talking about it and thinking about it. So, yeah, I think, you know, there, there's, so there's that. That's like the one that really sticks out to me. I know in the States, there's more um, segregation in terms of communities and even, you know, within mortgages, like directing people and, and the certain rules that people have in place in terms of approving people. I've heard of cases in the States, not necessarily in Canada, but there's definitely black and white communities. Yeah. You see, oh, I, I see that here. I mean, I know Yeah. we've dealt with people, we've heard from people, there's you know, uh, uh, stigmas put on neighborhoods that are race related. And I don't like, I would like to look into this more, but I don't know how much government has an impact on, let's say, like look at Jane and Finch, for example, Mm -hmm. would a developer go in there and put up a brand new swanky condo in that neighborhood or would government provide incentive? Like could, you know, there's different ways that government could get involved in terms of policy and, um, you know, permits and land and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've, we've seen some of it though. When you think of it, cause you're right. Like there's neighborhoods that historically have been known as lower income, you know, Mm -hmm. higher crime. It's not always a race thing, but it is in a lot of cases tied to that. Yeah. 
And when things get developed there, they're like low cost housing or they're, you know, different, like different sorts of buildings that are part of that narrative that fit that build. But we've seen some neighborhoods now, like in the GTA, if you take Regent Park, Regent Park, parts of Parkdale, you know, Mm -hmm. certain areas that slowly but surely are being transformed, I guess is the right word, or at least, you know, the, the the effort is, and maybe it's because the land is cheaper. I don't know. But, but what but what's happening to those that have been living in those communities? I don't know. That's a good question. Like that's what we need to be looking at. If see, that's the thing. This isn't if it's being done and it's like an extermination. And well, a, I feel and like a, that's what it is. Out of the people, I feel who like are that's there. what happened in Regent Park. Like, where are the people that used to live in Regent Park well, in the low income tor- housing? Were things torn down there? Yeah. I didn't think things were well, torn down. Well, I mean, they, I just thought they've put things they've put in things the empty in, patches. But you're yeah. right. I mean, if it's if I don't I, no, don't quote me on that. I don't. I don't think. No, no. I'm, I'm not saying. Down. I'm saying yeah. you're right. The question should be asked. Yeah. I, my understanding was, you know, the positive to some of these neighborhoods is that there's opportunity in them because they're not viewed today as high value land. Right. But there's a difference. You're right. There's a difference between saying, okay, let's tear it all down and put up some stuff or let's find the opportunity here to start to build this community into what it could be, you know, and and make the people who are there a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think there needs to be more community surrounding the changes that are done in certain neighborhoods in and I don't. I I would like to look into that further because I honestly can't speak to that well, with we, yeah, we an educated know. perspective because I don't know. But I, you just see it. Clearly, we're not scripted. We're just talking. Yeah. About stuff. <laughs> but I I think that that's something that we as the real estate industry can research and ensure that things are being done fairly. Yeah. Well, and and just on a micro level, what it's the same thing when you're dealing with clients yeah. and you're dealing with sellers and all that. You can't in your own mind, like there's, there is an unconscious or conscious bias that goes into when you're suggesting places and you're thinking like, think about the whole concept of the wrong side of the tracks, right? wrong side of the tracks. Well, you know what? That concept in itself is linked to prejudice and discrimination about what's happening on the other side of the tracks. Exactly. Right. There is, there's crime and there's junk and all that everywhere. But the more people are herded to one side of the line than the other, nothing's getting addressed. It's just, it's a visual and physical segregation. It's actually doing what people are saying needs to be addressed. And it's being helped by our industry. Um, And I, and you, you hear, I mean, people say, I want to live in this neighborhood. I want to live in that neighborhood. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with people having a place they want to go, but I think, Especially now, like if you want to get really specific, we talk about things being unaffordable. We talk about it's so hard to buy a home and how far and, you know, we talk instead of saying, okay, you can't afford in, you know, midtown Toronto, you should go an hour and a half out of the city, Mm -hmm. right? Why do we jump to that instead of saying, you know what, there's affordable pockets in the city that have just historically been looked at as, well, that's a bad area or, or, you know, do you know who lives there, Mm -hmm. Right. You can't do that. Like, have these conversations. Explore, you know, where there's opportunity to live your life, you know? Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that's where people are going to end up, but we can't just sort of notch off 
huge pockets of our own city because like why why are we doing it yeah right i mean yeah crime and this and that and whatever but i don't know you see it everywhere i mean in our city we've got i don't know where we are north america wide crime wise i mean you hear stories about violence in the news we don't hear it as much in the pandemic i mean news is pretty one-sided now but it seems like it happens everywhere right like i hear things happening in neighborhoods near us Mm -hmm. so you know is this another case of the way we say you know when things are filmed and when things are seen you know about it and people are looking for this stuff in certain areas because those are the historically known areas that are you know stigmatized as bad neighborhoods Mm -hmm. but it's happening everywhere exactly right so anyway i it's just it all leads back to really taking a step back in your own mind and understanding what's being said to you what you're thinking how you're interpreting the information around you and not diluting it when you feed it back to the people you're talking to right yeah, like and having the too courage. many filters are on what we say. Yeah, well, we're always afraid of offending people. Yeah, and we can't be when it comes to this kind of thing. We have to speak it, up against it, it. It's so ironic too, because you're afraid of offending people, and in doing yeah. that, you're offending a whole other group of people that need and you're your help a lot more. Perpetuating discrimination and racism as a result when you don't want to offend somebody mm-hmm. that's making a racist comment, which is even more offensive than exactly. what you're trying to avoid. It's exactly. it's just it's ass backwards that it is because hey, not saying anything won't upset anybody, but guess what? It's ruining the lives. Yeah. Of in some cases, the people you think you're trying not to offend. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Yeah, and I think like unconscious bias is far worse than conscious bias. If you know you have a bias, but you can stop yourself, and I think that's what it's going to be for a lot of people. Like I think I still have, I hate to say it, but I mm-hmm. do, I, I have a bias. Not that I act on it, but in my mind, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think if you can recognize the fact that there is this innate bias in you because of what type, like you're a white person that's grown up the way that you have, um, that's okay as long as you don't act on it and as long as you're able to speak up against it when you recognize it in other people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to take a while for a lot of people to work through it personally mm-hmm. and, and inside when they're thinking of the, all of their inner thoughts. But as long as you can take pause and basically rethink how you're looking at things, yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. Well, I, I want to believe that th- this isn't the, you know, the beginning of the end by any means, but I do think this is a big tipping point as as so. it has compared to a lot of these things in the past cuz you think about in recent years a lot of the things that have happened that have sparked outrage and have actually not fixed a problem but at least gotten the narrative changed things like the me too movement that sort of stuff you know but it's still you still But have no that's to, what I'm saying yeah. it's not fixed no but when people speak of like look yeah. at how many people talk about that and that was a way le- i mean i but, hate to say it that's a way less uncomfortable thing it's a terrible thing but racism to me mm-hmm. is such a globally everybody's got this unconscious bias like that whole the me too movement 
it's super important. And again, this is me treading the water of saying the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah, but, we're talking in a North America, American aspect. Like, look at other countries where that is just... Well, same thing with racism. With women. No, no, I know. But with women, women's rights well, are far less in different 100%. countries. No, no, 100%. And this is, yeah, I'm not trying to even go down that road. That'll be our next episode. <laughs> no, but... But you know what I mean. Is I that do, is yeah. that when... Certain things happen. Sometimes it takes a major event or a major protest or days of uncomfortableness or whatever it is for more people to talk and for there to be a greater ability for everybody to see what's happening right in front of them. Yeah. But then again, Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. has been around for many, many years. Yeah. Here's the difference, though, to me. White people, and I'm saying this as a white person... I didn't feel like I could be a part of that. And and maybe I'm wrong for that. But when that when I saw Black Lives Matter, it's not that I disagreed or anything like that, but I'm like, okay, Black Lives Matter, there's a collection of black people talking about what they're going through and I'm behind them, but that's them. That's right. how I looked at it. And now I'm like, okay, this is this is me waking up saying yeah. You know, I don't need to be a part of Black Lives Matter to have a voice. I don't need to, you know, watch their protest and say, yeah, that's good. And then go back to but my life. you can be a part of their no, protest. I know, but, but the difference is I can protest it myself. Yeah. I can speak about it. I can actively contribute instead yeah. of feeling like there's another group that's got this. I agree. I agree. I think, yes, I think this has woken both of us up to the fact that we can't just stand there and say, oh, that's really horrible. I'm not a racist, so I'm moving on, you know, which is how kind of we acted before when you hear these devastations and these deaths happening. Um, Like this has taken us to that point where we recognize that we've got to bring a voice to this and push to the issues that we feel like we can help with. And I think it starts in our industry and we need to be responsible and continue to be responsible for that moving forward. We can't just put up this podcast episode and move on and feel like we've made a difference because that's not what it's going to take. You know, this might affect a couple people, but we got to keep going. Well, that's, and, and don't pretend even now, I can't pretend that I understand, you know. Definitely like, not. I, I, I want to understand and it's on all of us to try to ask the questions and to consciously try to understand. Think about the, think about the Trudeau thing with blackface. How many years ago was that? A couple of years ago? That it, oh, the, 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 the picture came, came out? out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody died. Fine. But that's like, that's the prime minister of our country and yeah, it was before, okay, he was a kid and all that. But you watch that and I mean, I can tell you it was like, okay, I, I, I got it, but I didn't get it. Because like you yeah. don't really dive in deep enough when it doesn't affect you to really understand why that's so hurtful. Yeah, but you as a Jewish person could likely relate to the discrimination or you, not so much. What are you trying to say? You <laughs> I'm generalizing? Saying, I'm saying you're Jewish and you, yeah. like your people have, My people. well, I don't know if, that, like, but like you have faced. There's, but yeah, there's discrimination. I mean, yeah. it's not even that I feel discriminated, but there are bias. There's things yeah. that, you know, people hear it and or it's stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yeah. And it's, I guess, because I'm so nonchalant about it. And I, I guess it's easy to poke fun at oneself mm. when things are, like people will come out and, 
throw a stereotype at me and it's comical. But yeah, but these are the, the sorts thing. of things. Is that right though? Is it right to it's, make fun of, first of all, yourself for being who you are? Because I think that gives permission for other people to do oh, the same. For sure. But I mean, let's let's look beyond the that sort of stuff and just the bias associated. Like you're not Jewish. Right. We got married. Yeah. Right? And like, I mean, I won't get into the whole story of how that all went down. But in the early, you know, we started going out and all that. There's a lot of question marks among everybody who's not us on both sides saying, well, wait a second, hold on. How can that happen? How's that going to work? That can't happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's a totally different type of discrimination. But on both sides of the fence, there was bias there. What does this mean? You know, how is this going to look? This couldn't possibly endure the test of time. Right. That's just not how it's done. Yeah. We're still here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow you'll realize <laughs> that you should have never married a Jewish guy. But but yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. It is. It's yeah. just... I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong or maybe I'm right or whatever in not equating that on a because I'm not hurt by anything. But that doesn't mean I'm sure not every black person on earth is hurt either. But that doesn't make it right. Yeah. It's so you're right. I mean, there is. Yeah. And I'm not meaning to compare the two at no, all. No, like, no, I just I, think that there's discrimination everywhere. It's it's and it's not just race. And it's I not mean, just it's, race. It's everything. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's, you know, this is part of a much larger all-encompassing conversation where, you know, those who can really step out of themselves and try to understand everybody, you know, that is the goal is to, you know, you want to view a human as a human full stop. Right. Right. It's got to start with asking questions and just not being blind to what's happening around you because it's not you. And I think the message I got recently is it's not the questions is okay but that's not you need to come up with answers and solution not answers but potential solutions to the problem because see how you fit into it make yourself fit into it you can't just okay how can I help you what can I do like that doesn't help the situation I'm so sorry you're dealing with this I couldn't even imagine like that only goes so far. And I, and I get that that's trying to, you know, you're showing empathy towards the situation. But at the end of the day, I think the message is every single person needs to look in the mirror and see the fact that they're, they have innate discriminatory feelings inside of them. Mm-hmm. And they need to figure out how they can bring those to light and do something positive with what they know and and make changes whether it's in their family in their industry mm-hmm. with, with any any different t- type of group that they're dealing with and and that's that's where it starts yeah we've just been deers in the headlights for a very long time yeah you know, afraid if, to offend everybody well yeah yeah and afraid to offend afraid to do the wrong thing to say the wrong thing you know if you see someone maybe this is a bad analogy but if you saw someone in a burning car or trapped under the wheels of a truck or something you don't stand next to them and keep saying what do you want me to do what do you want me to do yeah. what do i need to do you will figure shit out you'll try to get help you'll find yeah. solutions that will hopefully and, address the problem yeah and i think it's the most devastated representation of that is the police officers that stood by as they watched this man like saying, I cannot breathe. I still don't understand. And I'm not pointing at anybody other than those police officers. Yeah. But the person filming it, 
there were people around. I, I mean, I, I get that there's three other people there and it's intimidating and I don't fault anybody for not charging the group or anything like yeah. that. But yeah. that's it's just so, but that's, that's, that's a microcosm of our society. But, but that's the extreme version of what we do every single day right. by letting this shit happen right. and by let, letting people say stuff that might not offend us, that might not really make a big difference in the entire world, but it's, 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 it's uh, like contributing to the problem. Right. right. And unless we put a stop to it, we're never going to get better. Well, th- there will come a day, I hope, where there's a person who calls somebody out, small an issue as it is, could be something stupid that's said and somebody says that's not right. There will be the day where more people in the room rather than less back that person up and yeah. say, yeah, it's not. Right. Because that's where the world needs to be. And then nobody will feel like they're going to say something that's offending or weird or whatever. You know, if you feel like you're part of the bigger group, it's a lot more comfortable. But that has to start with being the courageous person to say it when you don't know if anybody's going to back you up. Right. Exactly. So hopefully, yeah, I I mean, this wasn't really a a real estate thing, but there was some stuff in there. And I think, yeah, this is what's important right now. Yeah, and I think it's important to just keep continuing the conversation and starting to think about ways that we can make improvements in our own industry. So if you guys want to reach out to us and talk about it further, see how we can collectively come together and make positive change, then we are more than happy to talk to you. And that's it. So hope you have a great week, and we'll chat soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,